Folks, this is Steve Weens, your host, as always. Welcome to This Good Word. Uh, and just if, if you're new around here, you'll notice that sometimes I interview people and then sometimes I do just a little talk on my own. And, uh, and there's no real rhyme or reason or rhythm to why and when I do those things other than certainly when I read a book or when I read about someone that's really interesting, I email them and I get a hold of them and then I set up an interview and that usually takes several weeks to happen. And so that's always ongoing. But also from time to time, when I do these one-offs where I just give, I just talk for a little while, it's usually because uh, something's been rolling around in my mind lately maybe for months, maybe for weeks, uh, some idea or some reflection. And then suddenly there is a moment where it all comes together and it makes sense for me. And I have one of these like, oh my gosh, yes. And what I usually try to do is record something pretty soon after that moment. And so I, I realize that's different than some people who maybe they want to let it bake for a lot longer and they want to figure out how to say it exactly right. I 100% respect that. But I also know for me, I don't know why exactly, but like when I speak in public or even when I press record on this podcast, there is something that happens. Maybe it's because I'm an external processor, but when I just start like when the coin has dropped in the slot on a certain idea, then, and and if I just start talking, um, y- usually some, some new two or three pieces of the puzzle get solved while I'm talking. <laughs> and, and I sort of like to pull you in on that, you know, like it's fun for me to do that. So uh, today's one of those days. And so the title of this episode is Committed to Misunderstanding committed to misunderstanding. So let me explain what I mean by that. So let's say you did something or said something or made a decision. And maybe it was a big one. Maybe it was a small one. Maybe it was just something you said that you didn't even think about afterwards. Or maybe it was something that you very carefully decided to say. Either way, what happens is then someone hears that. It affects someone in some way. And maybe it affects them in a way that you didn't anticipate. Maybe it hits them in a way that there was no way that you could know that it would hit them that way. Regardless, they react. They have a reaction. Totally normal. This happens to me all the time. I hear something. I see something. I have a reaction. This is what it means to be human. But then if it's someone sort of in your life that uh, you have, that whatever you said or did, affect someone, you know, sometimes they will come back at you with a question or a remark or a comment. Maybe you get a voicemail. Maybe you get a text. And then when you read the text or you hear the voicemail, uh, or even if you meet with someone, and then you sort of, you sort of recognize, oh man, that hit them in a certain way that I didn't mean. Um, Again, totally normal. And then you try to explain it. Maybe it's through another text. Maybe it's through email. Maybe it's in person. Maybe it's a voicemail. And and then the conversation goes back and forth. And you you realize that 
that you're trying to explain what it is that you said, what it is that you wrote, what it is that you decided on. But then you get the feeling that the person sitting across from you or on the other side of the, <laughs> the cyber world of email or texting or phone calling or whatever, it sort of keeps bringing back their understanding of what you said and it's it's not accurate but they keep bringing that back to you like it no matter what you say no matter what you no matter how much you try to say you know that's actually not what i meant if the person keeps coming back at you like they're like it's a like it's a broken record you know like it's it's just on skip and you start to get frustrated and then they're getting more and more frustrated. Uh, my, my friend gave me a name for this. And I love it, it made so much sense. This was the aha. This was when the coin dropped in the slot for me. He said, oh, yeah, when that happens, it just means that the other person is committed to misunderstanding you. The other person's committed to misunderstanding you. And when he said that, I was like, Yes. Oh my gosh, that is so helpful. Now, think about what that means, right? Now, like to the opposite would be to be committed to understanding. So when you're committed to understanding someone, uh, you are you have a you have a posture of you're curious, you're leaning in, you are open for how you may have heard it partially wrong you are believing that the other person probably has an explanation for what they really meant or what they really did that if you could just understand it then you would be in a better place that's committed to understanding now that takes resolve it takes courage especially when you feel triggered when you feel dinged like when when let's say this happened to you like someone said something some did something and it triggered you and you felt feelings and then but instead of like just firing away your first reaction if you took the time to say okay hold on what am i not seeing what am i not understanding and what do i need to do then you're going to go to that person and you're going to try to understand Okay, that is something that you've probably done many times in your life. Maybe there's a situation right now where you're doing that. But it's a posture of openness. It's a posture of listening. It's a posture of learning. On the other hand, when, when you or someone is committed to misunderstanding you, it's like whatever got touched right there, whatever got triggered right there by what the other person said, um, now I'm putting you in the role of being committed to misunderstanding rather than uh, some things you said and someone else gets um, is committed to misunderstanding. When you are committed to misunderstanding or when I am committed to misunderstanding, we are sort of hanging on to our first reaction because we felt hurt, we felt dinged, we felt, um, oh my gosh, like... Um, and if we let go of that too soon, we're, we feel like we're going to lose control of something. Something's going to spin out of control. The car is going to just fly off the road. And 
And I started thinking like, why, like when I'm committed to misunderstanding someone and I'm committed to holding on to my first reaction, what's that about? Like when I do it, I want to talk about when someone else does it to you in a second. But when I do it, I think it's, there's something about, um, my, something else got touched, which is associated with what someone else was said or the decision that, that, that they made, but it also goes much, much deeper. So, um, this happened to me recently. I was talking to someone and they said something and man, I got so angry and, and the person literally said, now I'm going to tell you something. I need you to know this is not about you. And here's what happened. And then I just, I just got so angry. I got upset. My voice raised. I was passionately explaining why I was so mad. And, and, um, and, and I was, you guys, I was livid. And then, um, the next day I had a little bit of time to think. And I had another conversation with this person that, that went much, much better because I, I, and I told them, oh my, I think, I think I'm really angry. And I said, not at you and not at what you said, but what you said, um, was like a hyperlink to something else, something much deeper that I don't even know what it is, but I realize, uh, why I got angry with you is not because you said something wrong or did something wrong, but because I'm angry and I need to get in touch with why. And so, um, and we had a really, we had a really good conversation where I think we both, it was like a redo, you know, it was like a redo of that initial conversation when I was so blind with my own feelings, it, they were so overwhelming to me that I couldn't access anything else other than my anger. I couldn't access the place of my um, heart or mind that's reasonable. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and and it just it just took me away. Like, do you know what I mean by that? Like when you're so upset that your body like override gets overridden by your worry, your anxiety, your angst. And um, so that that process made me understand a little bit more both when I'm committed to misunderstanding, it's because um, I I I'm so triggered by something deeper that I can't see straight, think straight, hear straight. So that makes me understand when someone's committed to misunderstanding me um, and I'm really trying to be honest about like, hey, I realize my, what I said, what I did, the decision that I made, you know, like uh, I want to understand even what I could have done better, you know, like when I'm in that space and someone's still committed to misunderstanding me, what I now realize is um, and maybe this sounds so obvious to you, but I swear to you, sometimes 
<coughs> excuse me, sometimes things can be obvious when we look at them objectively, but when we're inside of them, it is not obvious at all. When someone is committed to misunderstanding you and you can realize it, like you can say, oh, no matter what I say here, no matter what I do, no matter how much I try to explain, no matter how calm I get or whatever, they're, they're not in a place where they can even receive anything other than what they're already seeing. And so that's what it means to be, to be committed to misunderstanding is no, I, I am going to keep gnawing. I'm, I'm, a, I'm like a dog with a bone, right? I'm going to, I'm going to hang on to that thing for as long as it takes for this feeling to subside. So, um, because I think if you don't understand that, and if you keep sort of trying to explain or trying to reason with someone that's in that place where they're committed to misunderstanding you, you end up feeling, you end up feeling really trapped. And then you start getting, then you start getting angry, like, what is wrong with you? And then you start feeling yucky and weird. And so when you get to that place, when you understand like, this is as far as this conversation is going to go because someone else is committed to misunderstanding me. Here's the thing. You do need to find a way to get out of that conversation as soon as you can. Um, I know this, you know, for some people, it's like, no, you just talk until you figure it out and you keep talking until you figure it out. And I'm going to say to you, no, 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 no. Um, the longer you stay in a situation like that with someone who is committed to misunderstanding you, the, the more opportunities you have to, cause I, I guarantee you, you're going to try to be friendly and nice and vulnerable and you're going to open yourself wide up and you're going to say, no, really tell me more about, you know, what you heard or what you, and then depending on what kind of place this person's in. Um, and this has nothing to do with actually the character of a person or just if someone's that triggered and that messed up, the longer you stay in it with them, the more things they're going to say that are going to hurt you deeply. True, true story. You know, this is true because it's happened to you and you've seen it happen. And even as I'm talking, you're going like, yes, oh my gosh. And you can see it times where you've done it. You can see it times where other people have done it. You need to find a way to get out of that conversation as quickly as you can. And so um, honestly, here are some things that you could say. Because, um, so, okay, number one, you could say, hey, you know, I think I need a little more time to think about this. Um, so I'm wondering if we could stop the conversation now and return to it um, when I'm a little more ready to hear it. Okay, number two, you could say, man, um, I really hear that you're really upset and I really get that. Um, I'm wondering if we could do a part two on this conversation in a few days. Because uh, really, um, I feel like we're in a place where it's just escalating right now and it's not, it, it, it's really not helping. Um, someone that has some ability to <laughs> be reasonable will we'll take those cues and say, okay, that, you know, yeah, let's do it. 
Um, now you also might say something like that. And then someone, the, the, the person may be so locked up that they just keep pushing and they just stay in the conversation and they demand that you keep listening to them. That's when you need to say kindly, but firmly, Hey, I'm done with this conversation right now. I'm open to having it later to trying again, but I'm, but I need to be done with this conversation now. And then you either hang up or you, um, stop the text stream. Uh, you refuse to answer when they keep going. Maybe you set do not disturb for a while, turn your notifications off or something like that. But you need to find a way out of that conversation. Now, when I say that, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying you are, you are running forever. I'm, I'm not saying that you are, you know, committed to not having that conversation. Doing that sometimes is the only way to make space for a good, healthy conversation to happen later. And I think it's essential. It's essential for you, especially if you're the kind of person who, like people would say about you, oh, they're such a good listener, or oh, they're so vulnerable, or oh, it's just like, man, I can tell them anything. If you're that kind of person, I guarantee you, you are a gift to many people in a way that you probably don't even know. But I also guarantee you that you allow people to say things to you continually far longer than you should. You allow people to drill down into you in ways that is not healthy for you, in ways that just, <laughs> yeah. I laugh not because it's funny, just because it's so incredulous, but that, that you need to hear that you have permission to put up a stop sign, that you have permission to say enough, that's enough. Now, you're going to return and you're going to hope that that person is in less of an amygdala hijack. Um, what, they're, what they're in or what you're in, if you're in that, is that you're just so afraid that your, your, your amygdala, the, the part of your brain that essentially controls life-saving <laughs> mechanisms, like when you need to run for your life because a saber-toothed tiger is bearing down on you or when you need to fight for your life because, you know, the other caveman is trying to steal your husband. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Um, but, but it is the, the amygdala is sort of a prehistoric part of our brain that, that takes over and hijacks everything else so that you're not, you're not acting rationally. And that prehistoric part of our brain is still there, even though there are no saber tooth tigers bearing down on us and very few situations in our life are actually life and death. It can still, your brain, because you are so triggered, can feel like it's a life or death situation. So you're gonna fight, freeze, or, uh, or run, right? So when someone's in that with you, when someone's in that mode with you uh, and they're fighting, Okay, you can stop it and you can leave and you need to for the sake of your own soul, for the sake of your own health, even for the sake of the future of that relationship for whatever it's going to mean, uh, you need to stop. Uh, okay, now there is a, uh, a psalm. So in the Bible, right around the middle 
there is about 150, I don't know what they are, songs, letters, poems. And um, when you read them in the way that they were written, they're really not meant to be like um, doctrine forming things. You know, it's more like, like here's someone that had the courage to write down what they really think in the moment, how they really feel so that they can move through that feeling to a different place. Like, I mean, there, there's parts in the Psalms where, you know, I wish my enemies, um, children would be dashed against the rocks. It's like, really? I mean, is that, is that doctrine? No, it's just, sometimes you feel like that. I mean, maybe that sounds really intense, but sometimes you get really, really angry. Anyway, there's a verse in the Psalms. It's Psalm 19 verse 13. And it says this, keep back your servant from the insolent. Do not let them have dominion over me. I read that. I was like, whoa, what does that mean? So I, so Psalms are written in the Hebrew, in, in Hebrew, in the Hebrew language. And the insolent, insolent in that sense means like haughty. That's a weird word, but like someone that is out of control, <laughs> like someone that is super aggressive, out of control. And the Psalm said, keep back your servant, meaning me. Like, like so keep me back from people who are so aggressive and triggered that they want to have dominion over me. So here's the, here's a person saying, keep me away from people who are so aggressively coming after me uh, and, and, and don't let them have dominion over me. Right. So how, how I read that is like, there's a prayer you can pray that says sort of like put a boundary up. Help me, God, help me put some space. Keep me back. Help me put a boundary up. Help me create some space from people who are just coming after me. Uh, and don't let them have dominion over me. Meaning, help me remember that I'm a separate person with a separate identity. And if, you, if I think about that person, and I can say that they are beloved by God, they are a valuable person, they have feelings, and even this feeling they're having right now has a place in the universe, and they need to move through it. But that their sphere, like picture that person as a little dot on a piece of paper, and then picture like and then draw a little circle around that dot, right? That's their dominion, okay? That's their sphere of influence, right? The dot and then the sphere. And then somewhere else, you know, then give, give yourself like six inches on this piece of paper, then write another dot and then put a circle around that dot and that's you. And that's you and your person and your sphere of influence. What the Psalm is, is saying like, don't allow that person's circle to invade my circle or don't allow me to get caught up in the orbit of that person so much that they have control over me and so that I'm just going to keep thinking about them and keep um, thinking about their opinions about me and their reactions about me because that's what happens when someone has dominion over you because they are so aggressively coming after you that you now they have dominion over you and now all you can think about is what they think and you can realize like, um, no, <clears throat> wow, excuse me. No, no, I am backing off. 
I'm creating space because they don't get to have dominion over me. They don't. I can, I can, I can create space between me and them, realizing that I'm a separate person and they're a separate person and they can process their feelings and whatever they can do. But it's not always healthy for them or me for them to process those feelings with me. Does that make sense? I hope it does. I hope it does. Uh, so friends, that is it for today. Committed to misunderstanding. And I think I want to say like, I hope, I sincerely and dearly hope that this gave you permission. If you're being bombarded by someone who is committed to misunderstanding you, that it is both okay and healthy and necessary for you to create some space. Um, not to run from that situation, not to pretend like it doesn't exist, but so you can create, um, and it'll take a little time for you to regain dominion over your own self. And when you have a healthy sense of where you start and stop, and where the other person starts and stops, and that there doesn't have there there should not be overlap in between that. Then you can actually listen in a certain way, and even if they, you know, even if they are still triggered by you, then you can say, "Well, I guess we're not we're not ready yet," <laughs> you know. And you can be your person, and I can be my person, but but we're not going to keep having this conversation. Okay, 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 folks. Uh, have a great uh, rest of the day. Um, I continue to enjoy doing these podcasts and I will continue to make them for as long as I feel joy doing them. I hope they're helpful. So grace and peace, my friends. Hey friends, thanks so much for listening to this good word. If you love this podcast, there's three ways that you can support my work. One is by jumping on Patreon, patreon.com slash this good word. You can become a patron at various levels and get lots of good free stuff, including free tickets to any live events that I do, signed books and other stuff. The second way is to share your favorite episodes via Twitter and Facebook. Uh, email, however it is that you share content. Let some friends know that you love it. And then third is to go on iTunes and leave a rating or a review. So thanks so much, my friends. We are dust and breath. We are limited and limitless. We are human and holy, and we are in it together. <laughs>